A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed. I'm Catnapsock talking like a very official Imperial officer because we're here to talk about Star Wars. And we can't do that without Joseph Scrimshaw and Jennifer Landa. Hello, everybody. Very happy to be here. 
Hello. <laughs> Rob, Perfect. I'm on the wrong ship. That is an Imperial officer, I think, on an animated show, for sure. <laughs> Where the voices are bigger, larger. Hello there. Hello, governor. Your name gonna be Solo. That's your name now, kid. What's funny is that's the inter- interpretation of that scene for a lot of people. I know. Not for us. I know. But for a lot of people. Right. Hey, everybody. It's Sports Center Main Show, episode 136. And I love this title. You know, Joseph, a lot of times, uh, you know, uh, surprises with these titles. And we look at it on, on the rundown and, and they just make you giggle. I like today's. Snoke's Next Adventure. Just sounds like a great children's book to me. <laughs> a man in a gold robe. <laughs> Baking cookies. <laughs> cookies in his slippers. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun talking about that. Some big news to catch up on. Wow, a lot of stuff to dive into. But we would like to remind you, today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from. For your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player a little bit later, we'll have our Force Center recommends a book we think you should check out. But as we like to do before we dive into the news, it's time for us to catch up on some Star Wars or life adventures. Uh, uh, Jennifer, I know you've, you're, you're moving, you're, you're buying a house that's sliding down a hill, and then you weren't, and then a lot <laughs> of things going on. How yes. are you? I'm good. I went to see a non-Star Wars film. I'm not kidding. I see one movie a year. It is usually a Star Wars. Well, what am I saying? It usually. It is yes, a Star is, Wars yeah. film for the past three years. But this Saturday, I went and saw A Simple Favor, starring really? Anna Kendrick and okay. Blake Lively. And let me tell you guys, it's good. I <laughs> highly recommend going and checking out. It's from the director of Bridesmaids, Paul Paul Feig. Paul, Paul Feig. Feig, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So funny. Murder mystery. Love it. So it's a murder mystery comedy. Dark comedy, yes. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, it's awesome. so good. The perform and, and Henry Henry Golding uh, from Crazy Rich As- Asians. Oh, cool. Yeah. He's in it as well. He plays the husband and great, great, you know, minor oh. characters. Ugh. That's that's a good. That's a Landa movie review. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds great. Oh, I was so I was so excited. I'm like, oh, this was this was so good. I'm so happy we came to the movies. I'll look forward to it next year. A dark murder mystery comedy. Yeah. Uh, as a, as a fan of the all timer Clue, uh, I, can, yes. I can see that falling into that. There. Well, maybe this mm-hmm. December, since there isn't a new Star Wars movie, we can just pick a random movie and pretend like it's the big Star Wars movie, and we all can all go three three of us can go to it together and yeah, I like take that. photos and post it. Uh, Force Center becomes. Mary Poppins Center. Oh my gosh. That might be what it ends up being. Just pretend it's part <laughs> of Star Wars canon. Oh, can we do that? that would be I'm really all fun. on board. I'm all on board. Uh, Mr. Scrimshaw, I know you were uh, on the, uh, I don't know why I always, now I'm calling you Mr. Scrimshaw like you're my science teacher. I just, <laughs> I'm, I a, I'm a substitute teacher. I don't know you why. don't need to respect me. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to get through this worksheet today. Uh, <laughs> you and your wife, Sarah, went to, to went to the Sunset Strip. That's right. The whiskey a go-go. Like yeah. A couple of youngsters hitting the town. I it love was, it. Uh, we stood for hours <laughs> and oh listened to the music and sometimes our bodies moved a little. It was great. Uh, yeah, I'm lucky to uh, know a couple of the people in the the suburbs, the great band that got their their famous start in the 80s yeah. in Minneapolis, where I'm from, uh, and they came through L.A. And I, I go by the Whiskey a Go Go all the time because my mm. uh, my wife works generally in that yeah, area, that's so right, I yeah. pass through it. And I we were literally passing by. I was like, we need to go there sometime. And then my friend yeah. emailed me like, do you want to come? Like, yes, <laughs> yes, I really, really do. Yes. Yeah, wow. suburbs were amazing. It was yeah, yeah great, great time. 
Man, I'm oh yeah, and, and, and it's a fun experience there, especially uh, you know you you guys went upstairs, which is yeah. the best spot to go. Yeah, hide up there. Yeah, my wife is a, a stage manager in yeah. another one of her many lives. Uh, yeah, and so we stood by the tech booth, so that was really fun, mm. uh, and watched <laughs> the gentleman push the buttons to make the lights go. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pre- I I I I'm obs- uh, can get obsessed with that too as well. It's, yeah, it's fun. It's, it's fun. it was really it's rock really and roll, man. Yeah. Rock and roll. How about you, Ken? Uh, you know what? Uh, you know what? I missed Mr. Napsack. Uh, I didn't do much. I didn't do much. I've been uh, been stir crazy. Been home, just kind of creating, playing Fortnite, and uh, I did get obsessed with the idea of learning to play Sabak. Yeah. Oh. So you know, I, I, we were looking before the game. I did buy the official. I talked about it in Spotlight yesterday a little bit. Um, the official Han Solo card game, as they have to call <laughs> it, because they. Just failed to secure the rights to the word sabak. Oh Amazing. My a chink in the Lucasfilm armor. And I got to tell you, I thought, well, maybe that was a while ago, right? Yeah. Maybe around the West End Games time or something like that. No, 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 no. <laughs> this yeah. is during the production of Solo. No. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why it's the Han Solo, the Han Solo card, card game. game. Oh. You know, like when Han sits down to play Lando and like, what, is, what are we playing? Is it the Han Solo card <laughs> game? It's a Han Solo. Oh but I did goodness. have the set. It's it's a cheap buy. It's $12. So it's the, uh, but uh, six ninety nine add-on, I believe, if you have uh, Prime, Amazon oh. Prime. Oh, you, I, buy, you buy your underwear or whatever for yeah. 25 bucks, and then you can add on the Han Solo Ooh, card game. I should have done that. I didn't do that. Uh, I just bought it outright <laughs> because it became, I was watching watching solo and i and i have now uh, that movie's been on like 9 or 10 times in my house since a digital review i just uh, digital release i just put it on uh, and it's in the back. Next thing I've watched the whole movie again. So and so it was during like one of the viewings, I saw the 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 the, the first Sabak game, and I was like, I, I I need to learn to play this game. What kind of Star Wars fan am I? <laughs> so I'm set out to learn it. This version, not the version from the movie. Ah. No betting, no raising the stakes, nothing. It's just a more of a kids version. Uh-huh. Which mm-hmm. is understandable. But I think we'll learn, and maybe we'll have a Force Center Sabak night. I would love that. I think we should. Great. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, Jennifer, please start if you're willing. Start thinking about Sabak. Cocktails. <laughs> Sabocktails. Sabocktails. Oh, interesting, yeah. And I will put my Camry on the line <laughs> if any of you want it. So that's what we've been up to here, but let's dive into the Star Wars news with Jennifer Landa. There was a lot this week. Uh, first up, according to The Hollywood Reporter, Kathleen Kennedy has renewed her contract to remain president of Lucasfilm for another three years through 2021. Kennedy's reign has been highly scrutinized by a small subsection of fans, but the uh, four new Star Wars films have actually grossed almost $4.5 billion at the box office, and merchandising has also brought in millions more. So sources tell The Hollywood Reporter that the near future of Star Wars lies in television, with Kennedy-led Lucasfilm planning on expanding the universe with new characters in that medium. Lucasfilm is also developing a new Indiana Jones movie starring Harrison Ford. So don't listen to those YouTubers, because Kathleen Kennedy is steering the Lucasfilm ship just fine. Were either of you surprised by this reporting? Or, yeah, I mean, what, is, what, is this, what does it say? Um, just the, the straightforward actual news that the contract had been extended was like great because yeah i think the solo discussion can overwhelm that like oh while making billions and billions did this one movie lose 50 to 80 million right okay you know it business wise Mm. star wars is is great the sources say that they're that they're just focusing on television and new characters that uh, it seems way too ambiguous for me to uh really count on yes 
Yeah, I think the news is is great overall. Interesting com- when you couple it with Iger's interview. Yeah, mm-hmm. last week, uh, the you know whether or not you think he completely just said, "Hey, yep, the solo thing that the release date was on me." I think for the most part he did, um, but it was it was interesting to me because yeah, we knew her contract was was up. That with you know you could do the math if you followed when she got hired. So I I thought there was a ten percent chance that she would say. You know what? I'm out of here. Yeah, I can <laughs> I've understand had that. Um, I know she doesn't necessarily pay attention to uh, YouTube channels and everything, and and, and then the reaction it, it takes away a little bit of the, of, of the joy. This this weird battle over over this wonderful talent producer's job is just it makes the internet a little less fun. But uh, just like you suggested, on the basic news to focus on the fact of it, it's it makes. Perfect sense. Yeah, absolutely. I Perfect think, sense. Yeah, I, I think uh, she's super experienced, but this is also a brand new thing, and I think mm-hmm. there's been a lot of uh, learning on the job, and I'm, I, as a fan, I'm excited to mm-hmm. have somebody who's already kind of been through this keep shepherding it for a little while because right. she's had the experience of doing it. And, and as, you know, I think learn from the things that went great and the things that were rocky. Right. Which is what you'd want out of any any leader. You would yeah. hope like, hey, this was good. This was not so good. And then the also not forget, like you said, Jennifer, like Indiana Jones five. Luke, this is Lucasfilm. Mm-hmm. They could be making Willow two for all we know. Yeah. as well. Ooh, you yes. know, or they yeah, we could be trying to build new legends. That, yeah. I mean, wouldn't that be awesome? Like, here's a brand new Lucasfilm idea. It has nothing to do with anything. Mm. It's just new. Wow. That would I be like fascinating. That. Yep. Yep. Well, Aaron Kellyman, the actor who played Enfys Nest, has become a fan favorite. And now, thanks to StarWars.com, we're learning a little bit more about her. Aaron said that she had three auditions for the role, including a screen test with Alden Ehrenreich and some stunt tests to show how well she can fight. She was shocked when she got the role, but obviously very thrilled to be a part of Star Wars. In the film, uh, that is Aaron on the swoop bike. And she also did all the stunts with the mask off. After the big reveal in the film, Aaron said that she wanted to bring a little bit more innocence to her performance and show that even though the character is young, she is beyond years and experience. So I know that some fans had been disappointed that Lucasfilm didn't have Aaron in some of the um, home release publicity tour uh, interviews, but obviously this interview is a great start, and I think that Lucasfilm was listening, like, oh, you guys you guys really like her. Here she is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you guys learn anything new about her in this interview? Or Yeah, I, I liked, uh, I always like hearing actors uh, who ha- clearly have been super, super thoughtful, mm-hmm. and I liked that she had that, the thought of the complexity of the character, and particularly her quote about, like, the mask, I realized, was doing a lot of the work of making her scary, of making the character of Enfys Nest scary. So I liked that I had the freedom to make her more vulnerable, show her youth, show her pain, because mm-hmm. the scariness was there. Right. Like, that was that really cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, you know, grown to love this character more and more and, and, and want to see more. Because, again, much like we want to know the final act of Kieran Hahn, like, all right, we know Infus goes and meets Saw. What what happens from there, and how does this character factor in? And I did learn, I learned that she did more of the stunts than I gave her credit for early Me on. Too. Because mm-hmm. after watching the movie the first couple times, I was like, it, I, that was a disconnect on the train heist for me. Well, I was I was completely wrong. She did uh, some of the leaps there. Yes, she did have a, a stunt uh, performer, Casey Michaels, I believe the name yes. was. Uh, I was reading the article today. I wanted to make note of that. Um, so I apologize to Aaron, Aaron Kellyman. Me too. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> I didn't think she did as much as she did and uh, just love the character. And I, I, when she pulls that mask off, um, 
My favorite moment is the I need a drink. Yeah. <laughs> it is so powerful. Yeah. It is because it's just like enough of this. Yeah. yeah. Enough of this. And I do think if there's people uh, still uh, on the fence about Solo, <laughs> watch it for Enfys. <laughs> Enfys is such a great character. So interesting uh, and so new. Yeah. Oh, that's fascinating to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got, we're seeing a lot of people tweet us. Hey, f- finally saw it. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I'm happy for that. Yeah. Happy for that. Well, it looks like someone used their probe droid to spy on John Favreau's new Star Wars TV show for the Disney streaming service. Making Star Wars.net. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Has leaked photos of the Star Wars set. And judging from the pics, it looks like the upcoming live action series will feature a Moss Eisley or Moss Espa setting. The set construction looks almost finished. And in the photos, you can actually see a tiny John Favreau kind of walking around the set, <laughs> taking it all in. Yeah, it's a model. They made a tiny John Favreau, right? <laughs> right, right. He's motion capture John Favreau. <laughs> the show is rumored to be about Mandalorians, about after the fall of the Empire. And the series will involve familiar locations like Mandalore and Tatooine. According to Making Star Wars, filming is set to begin this week. And in addition to this Tatooine location, the show will also be filming in a coastal area somewhere. Making Star Wars is keeping that a secret for now. What did you guys think of the set? A lot. And are you surprised that they're this far along in production? No. Uh, no? No, no, no I'm happy for it. Yeah. yeah. As we know, he's had this written since college. Yeah, I, think he, I, I think he's made some <laughs> tweaks. But I, know, I still love that detail it's that he's been thinking about one. this. Right. This is fanfic that he was writing in the middle of shooting <laughs> swingers. Uh, yeah, so I, I, um, I th- no, no, I'm glad to yeah. see. I want this to be early on in the streaming services life. So mm. I mean, mm-hmm. if if they could launch with it, that would be amazing. Right. Yeah, and I, I we hear there's some pl- uh, castings happening. Yes. Um, I know some casting, probably minor background stuff has been done. <laughs> an, an old actor friend of mine, we we're catching up, and he's like, "You like Star Wars?" And he blabbed something, and about a friend of his, and I just kind of went like. I don't uh, think you're supposed to tell me that. <laughs> tell me. So, where. <laughs> um, but I think the major casting still come. We haven't heard any announcements. So, yeah. true. Um, these these shots are interesting. I was watching Jason's live stream a little bit uh, from a you know secure bunker off the hill of the set, watching, looking down, and and watching it, and it's pretty fascinating, and it's just exciting that there's new Star Wars out there. Wait, live stream? He was he was live streaming it. Yeah, I don't know how Lucasfilm didn't send a sniper after him. I don't know. He so was it was a drone, <laughs> right? Was it like a drone? No, he was uh, where he's got those shots from. Yeah. It looked as though uh, on Twitter he just he was like uh, periscoping or something like that for lack of I don't know. I didn't. I was out getting coffee and I saw it. I was like, oh, <laughs> let, me just, let me just watch for a second. Uh, it looked like, uh, you know, I don't know, you know, a where. Building yeah, something. I don't know. I see. He was yeah. spying like with. I, maybe. I don't know. I mean, he's a good scoop artist. So he <laughs> got this amazing. scoop. Oh I was just like, gosh. how is uh, Lucasfilm not uh, sending uh, probe droids of viper droids of their own? Maybe this? he has uh, learned the power of force <laughs> projection. <laughs> maybe he wasn't really there. Wait, I want to be a private investigator for Star Wars. That'd be kind of amazing. <laughs> a new job. <laughs> okay, sorry. Uh, we got a sneak, <laughs> new sneak peek of Star Wars Resistance, and the trailer is definitely <laughs> action-packed. Much of the footage is what we've already seen from other promo material, but about halfway through, things take a slightly darker turn. Poe tells General Leia that the First Order is clearly making weapons. We see Captain Phasma, stormtroopers firing at our Resistance friends, and a Kowakian monkey lizard yeah, pounding Kaz's great. head into the ground. That was a great moment. <laughs> oh yes. my gosh. So Star Wars Resistance will premiere this Sunday, October 7th at 10 p.m. on the Disney Channel. Reactions, favorite moments, 
Kowakian monkey lizard. Oh, oh yeah. I, I screamed for the Kowakian monkey lizard. Uh, that was so great. I, I, I love so many of the, the th- I love the, I think we might've seen the pit droid before, but uh, seeing the pit droid oh, again reminded yeah. me like, yep, you've got these connections. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I freeze the frame on the Trandoshan who is wearing mm-hmm. beaten up old stormtrooper armor. Yes. That excited me. So many things that just kind of connect, but look new. Mm-hmm. The great old cocktail, the old and new. Um, and also just uh, one of the things I love about The Force Awakens and the whole sequel trilogy is this idea that the galaxy has only progressed a little bit, really, in mm-hmm. these 30 years. And they see, everybody seems to still be living in the debris of the Galactic Civil War. Mm. And I like those little details, like uh, Griff with his mm-hmm. tie interceptor that he's yeah. changed. And some Trandoshan pirate who's still wearing old Stormtrooper armor he got, you know, from somewhere. Yeah. Uh, I like still that feeling of that lived in universe I'm really excited by some of those shots it's that's really interesting when you you talk about that because i was rereading a little bit of aftermath um the empire's end of just uh, wendig's book and the destruction on jakku is so much yeah and that that it would make sense that it would take 30 years you're still scavenging so that's a great point you bring up joseph that the the empire for their 20-year reign was so it was so bad look what, what happened to Karelia. like this yeah. makes sense so this is still we're still dealing with this yeah they're still recovering i like that idea a lot yeah uh, a lot of great things in that trailer uh, i i did notice a lot a lack of griff probably because yes. i'm keyed into it you know steven stanton friend of the show yay 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 and i was like oh he's not there yeah. I wonder what that means. And oh. then I realized I'm probably reading too much into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the gold trooper. I love the gold, gold yes, trooper. Yes. Um, what is, so I know hype Faison, Donald Faison's character. Yeah. I don't, is he the, the one that is the Plo Koon like Oh alien, yeah. Because you're better at aliens than I uh, am. Keldor, I believe. Yes. Um, that one's fascinating to yeah, me. Yeah, I want to find out yeah. more. He's he's the one that I believe they kind of described as being mysterious. Yes, yes. Yeah, he just looks great, and oh, it looks fun. Looks fun. It does look. Whether fun. or not it grows up, matures, and reveals things about, blah, blah, right now we just got a fun it's series. It's already just a little bit more complex with just that one line yeah. of like, oh, the these pirates are suddenly really well armed. Right. Like even right there, that like that's just a less uh, a direct conflict the idea. The first order is mm-hmm. going out and funding pirates to raid fuel ships. It's right. already a more adult political world than <laughs> yeah, the, the mean empire and the brave rebels. It's yeah. already more. Complex. Yeah, this is a this is like the, it's like the Iran Contra affair for <laughs> Disney TV <laughs> with <laughs> lots of pratfalls. It's yeah. the Iran Contra affair with yeah. lots oh of pratfalls. That's that's a, ex- another excellent point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's gonna be fun. I'm gonna. Oh, gee, I need to get a new Apple TV. Long story short, <laughs> but I will not go into it. Now. In unfortunate news, actress Rachel Batera, who is voicing General Leia in Star Wars Resistance, posted a video on Friday where she mocked the voice of Christine Blasey Ford. Ford testified on Thursday in a highly charged Senate hearing that Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh had sexually assaulted her. After being called out for the insensitive video, Butera apologized on Twitter, saying, quote, I was by no means mocking a rape victim, 100% on Christine Blasey Ford's side. I am just a vocal impressionist and decided to imitate her voice, but it was a mistake. I apologize, and I believe all women, end quote. She later deleted her Twitter and Facebook accounts for now. So, first of all, it, you know, it was not an imi- just the imitation. It was what she said in the imitation that mm-hmm. people found offensive. Do you guys think that Disney should take disciplinary action, put out a statement, ignore it? 
Yeah. Y- you have, yeah, go for it, Joseph. Yeah, so, I, yeah, I feel uh, I am not calling for her to be fired because uh, she deleted it and she apologized. She had a follow-up tweet to that, which bothers me a little bit, saying where she, I'm paraphrasing, but said something along the lines of like, I honestly didn't think this would offend anyone. Mm. And to me, I feel like that that's the, the problem is, is for me, it is hard to watch someone play Leia be that tone deaf to that. Yes, a lot of people would find this insensitive or offensive. Um, and there, there's lots and lots of layers to this. I have strong opinions about offensive comedy. I've done everything from children's theater to I literally did a show called Offensorama where we did the most offensive comedy we can. I, I am a fan of comedy in all forms, but I think there's like a real time and place and actually like even a science to it. Mm-hmm. And I think um, immediately after a highly charged thing happened, to do it with a real shrug of like, what yeah. is to me not the time. It's not that I don't think people should do offensive comedy. It's not that I think actors shouldn't be free to do uh, other other kinds of comedy. Um, to me, it's the, the, the real insensitivity of it. But since she did delete it and she did apologize, I'm not going to call for her to be fired because I think we should let people evolve, change, grow. Mm-hmm. That said, I would love a statement for Disney from Disney or Lucasfilm because I think just sweeping it under the rug when an actor does something that is incredibly offensive to many, many people Mm -hmm. and on a sensitive issue that is happening in the moment, I feel like uh, companies need to figure out how to have some sort of consistency and responsibility. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I, I, I did not see it until after the fact when people were obviously very upset and I, and I was, I just found it to be really insensitive and, and, tone deaf and it just to me it was like like you're saying because she's playing general leia if she was playing some random alien creature i don't think that i would feel as strongly but because of what leia represents who carrie fisher was it does seem like you know you are in a more public 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 role where i think people are going to look to you as not a role model per se but just you know doing the right thing and and mocking somebody in that way for her voice, it just was really, it just was really tasteless, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, I, I, I say that I saw it. I, I was telling Joseph off air. Saw it uh, on a tweet. Uh, Alicia Malone and Maude Garrett have been tweeting about it. So I was walking out of, I think, Collider. Uh, and I'll say this: I started laughing, not because I thought it was funny, not because I condone it. I just could not believe. Yeah, I could mm. not believe what I was seeing. In this in this day and age, with this power of social media, this this was to me a perfect example of the, the mindset you explained it so perfectly, Joseph. Just like it's it's not that you know. I, by the way, I want to see Offensive Rama. <laughs> I'd like to be go picture that for Netflix. <laughs> yeah, I've done comedy too, and yeah, you know, and, and and I think everything with time can be up for parody. I, I totally can play with that game too. But I could not believe what I was watching. Yeah. Like the day resistance, the sneak peek where we hear your voice on 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 the screen. Yeah. This is what you felt to do. Like you almost it, like it's like one of the greatest fumbles of all time. NFL Network should run the <laughs> top 10 fumbles in the NFL. And this should be number one. It was literally like moments earlier where people were like, yeah, Leia in resistance. We get to see it. We get to hear it. Yeah. Oh, hooray. What? Yeah. Yeah. And and you do have to be aware. You do have, we're, we're cautious, uh, about when we are promoting our podcasts on days where you can just tell the tone and tenor of the conversation in the world is a little different and not right. You know, we take time, 
uh, I always take time to to you know double check. Not necessarily my content, but just is the timing right? I, I schedule tweets a lot more now. Yeah, it's one of my. T- uh, I use a program called Buffer, and it terrifies me because I'm mm. going to release a YouTube motivation video at 5 a.m. and at 5:02, uh, terrorists are going to attack somewhere, and I'm going to look like the you know yeah. you know right. there's bigger problems in the world. But just like I, I don't ever want to come across as tone deaf, and you get this dummy, and I'll say it, <laughs> just doing this. Yeah. And I, I'm not even worried about the content. All right, if you're not offended by it, you're not offended by it. But you have this job. You're you have this in your hand, and this is what you do with it. Yeah, Ugh. it's kind of self sabotaging. And also, yes. you know, some of her other previous, I think, tweets, there was just some again some kind of insensitive comments, and I'm just like, oh, uh, oh, I don't know. This seems to be a pattern, and you may not want this somebody who is such a loose cannon representing General Leia. It's it's so we are living in a really strange time right. where you know, like, you don't have to have a Twitter account. You yeah. can say all these things to yeah, your friends. You're not legally obligated gonna... to tweet anything. Right. Yeah. yeah, you don't have to tweet anything. About anything. Yeah. So from puppy dogs to, to politics. Yeah, I get yeah, but that the this is yeah. it's yeah. And and, and it's maybe tricky. sad too a little bit because not everyone who's gonna get cast in a Star Wars role or anything is is a fan who would have you know, maybe she doesn't give a damn or doesn't know. I don't right. know. I, I of of Leia Carrie Fisher. Maybe she doesn't you know, and so that's kinda disheartening too, if you think of those terms too. I yeah. Don't know. yeah. I just think it should be addressed because uh, From I, Disney, I, I, yeah. yeah, I want to be excited yeah. about Star Wars Resistance. I don't want to have a, like a, that little mm-hmm. asterisk in the back of my head and knowing that the way that uh, you know the Rebels cast has become like such mm-hmm. a family and the way they're presented at right. Celebration, like mm. just talk about it, work through it. Yeah, you know, discuss it with fans. You know, discuss it with the actor. Maybe the actor has uh, another statement down the line. Yeah, you know, and make it so that this isn't. This you know dark secret thing that we just kind of don't talk about yeah. that some of us are really upset about and other people are upset that other people are upset and all that and just like yeah. deal with it. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I I can get behind that too. Yeah, just, I've been in situations where uh, someone is on your team has done something publicly you just want to smack them for, but but and there's no kind of handling from the higher ups and you just now you're employed and you don't want to quit. And you're sitting and you're going, well, yeah. this is weird. Yeah, and just I just don't <laughs> want like celebration right. to be like, it's the cast of Resistance, right. except for that person, but they still have the job, but we're not yeah. going to talk about it. Yeah. Hooray for not talking about things. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. the news for this week. Sorry <laughs> <laughs> to end on such a sour yeah, note. You know, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. It's yeah. part of the Star Wars news cycle. A lot of big stuff there. A lot of big stuff. So uh, before we dive into the wonderful main topic, we do want to recommend a Star Wars audio book, Joseph. That is right. We are recommending the Phasma novel. It is one of the uh, the weirder Star Wars novels because it kind of takes yeah. a different approach, real focus on Phasma. But there's a lot of canon in there that I think is going to be relevant to Resistance, to uh, the Ooh. timeline, to what's going on with the First Order, the early battles between the Resistance and the First Order. So I think it's a good one to listen to, to get ready for Resistance. Absolutely. It is a, a book that crept up on me, and I wonder if I had been listening to it instead of reading it, if I would have got into it sooner, because at the end of the day, I really enjoyed that book, but yeah. it took me on a little weird adventure, and, it, and it's good to be challenged as a Star Wars fan, so an audiobook might be the way to tackle Phasma and download your free audiobook today. Go to audibletrial.com slash center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash center for your free audiobook and directly help the show. All right. Joseph... We got a man 
maybe a man, an alien, a creature, and a gold bathrobe. That's right. And that's all we know. That's all we know. But always rumors. Always rumors there are. Uh, Star Wars Newsnet uh, is where I read this uh, rumor report that Andy Serkis a couple weeks back suddenly canceled an appearance at Keystone Comic Con uh, and prompted people to wonder if he was rushing off to do some filming for Episode Nine. So we are definitely (laughs) in the unknown regions. This is a rumor territory, but I just thought it was an interesting point for a start of a discussion of Snoke appearing in Nine and then kind of reflecting on where we are with Snoke as fans. So to kick it off, I want to talk about Snoke in Nine. Do you want Snoke to appear in Episode Nine, and if so, in what form? Do you want him brought back to life? Flashback, uh, spirit of some kind, hologram. Jennifer, what are your Snoke wants? I don't really care, but... (laughs) End of podcast. (laughs) See everybody, follow us on Twitter. (laughs) But if he were to come back, I don't have, you know, like, no, actually, no, I'm going to double down. I, I don't really want him to come back. But if he were to come back, I want it to be a flashback. And I want for him to haunt, his words to haunt Kylo Ren. Because I think that the, mm. the big bad villain of Nine needs to be Kylo Ren mm, at yeah. this point. So, so I want everything to feed into making Kylo Ren into an even bigger monster. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so if Snoke can be that, Great, bring him back. Okay, but I don't want to see him magically, you know, <laughs> put back together. Yeah, <laughs> you don't want to see his tongue go back into his head. No, no dark force magic, please. Okay, so if he appeared in what form would you want him to? If he was contributing mm-hmm. in the way that you were talking about to to make Kylo even more evil, just his voice. Okay, just, just speaking. Yeah, just, just his voice, like literally haunting Kylo. Okay, nice, nice, yeah. yeah. Voice motion capture by Andy Serkis. <laughs> right. uh, Ken, what are your thoughts? I actually want him in there some way, which is a little bit of a change from, especially right after I watched the movie, and even the last couple, even months and weeks, I, I would say. Um, which is weird to think that Last Jedi has only been like months, 10 months <laughs> or so. Um, I, I, but I, Jennifer, you're 100% right. I don't want anything, I don't want a reformation, a T-1000 version. I don't want his soul to be moved into like a Tuca cat. I don't want anything. Yeah. Uh, flashbacks, we've established that they can work in Star Wars, which is something that I, I wouldn't have thought before. Um, I think you can double down on that a little bit. Um, but the legacy of Snoke, or the influence of Snoke, I do want to feel that. Mm-hmm. I do want to know a little bit more about that, and I... I I don't know what J.J. was intending, and I don't know if Ryan completely subverted it. We don't, you know, I don't know. Apparently they had some, you know, you'd think they'd sit down and have some conversation about it, depending on who you ask. But I do want Snoke to be felt. Yeah. You want you want Snoke's yeah. presence Snoke's to be... presence. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Skywalker, I assume. <laughs> <laughs> I presume. Is it assumed, assumed or presumed? presumed? I'm the I worst in quotes, you know, because yeah. you've defeated me in trivia <laughs> contests because I'm horrible at quotes. Uh, presume, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, it, it is one of his best lines because it's just it so jerky. More on that later on Snoke the Jerk. Anyway, uh, I am in total agreement with both of you. I definitely don't want him to come back to life because I feel like, yeah, that it, why? I, I don't feel like it would add anything to the story. But I love the idea of him reappearing in flashbacks. Or even, I'd be as fine fine with even like we saw in the Clone Wars that sort of dark side limited haunting. Like if he does have some <laughs> weird curio of like, 
Yeah. It's, you know, this, the Star Wars Horcrux. We're like, he can't do anything. He can't influence <laughs> he, anything, but he's got an evil candle that, you know, he can speak to Kylo through or oh whatever. Like, I would be okay with that yeah, with, yeah. A, with a haunting or a flashback to serve the, the the purpose that you're talking about, Jennifer, of I think this movie has to, you know, be the reckoning of the, the soul of Ben Solo slash Kylo Ren. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe we could even get flashbacks to... <laughs> how Snoke seduced right. Ben Solo. Right. And maybe Kylo could be ruminating on that of like, man, did did he push me down this road when I didn't want to? Mm. And that would have this, this fun sort of mirror with Luke, the flashbacks in Last Jedi of Luke wrestling with how much responsibility did it feel like? Is that the moment that I made it that Ben Solo was lost to the dark side? You know, if if Kylo is remembering the moment that he feels Snoke truly turned him, mm, you've you've named Episode Nine twice, and the the, the <laughs> reckoning of Ben Solo, the haunting, the haunting of Kylo Ren, the haunting of Kylo Ren. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, Star Wars Halloween episode. Yeah. Yes. Come on. I love Halloween. Yeah. Uh, uh, love that. Yeah. So I yes. definitely would like to see that presence. Is he, he, he needs to be there in his relationship to Ben Solo. We're all on the same page. Yeah. Yes. There's there's something you know like. I, I keep asking, uh, Kylo's talking to Vader's helmet. Was the va- was the helmet talking back? You yeah. Know? Not that I think it's Anakin Skywalker, but it's something else. And the, and the dark side, um, not necessarily just the Sith, but the dark side could be, for lack of a better phrase, in a real world term, like very kind of like demonic and stuff could be yeah. going on. And what you're saying, you know, a candle or a lightsaber <laughs> or a mask or a bathrobe. Yeah. Uh, kind of, you know, not possessing Kylo Ren, but you know, haunting, communicating—that that's that's different, yeah, but interesting. Reaching out, like the dark side cave right. in the the mirror place, both seemed like a little sentient. Of like, right. we're reaching mm. into your mind, we're pulling something out. You know, if Snoke is a mm. part of something like that, awesome. Like yes. Uh, so looking back, we looked a little forward at Snoke's next adventure, but at this point, how do we feel about Snoke? What are favorite things about Snoke? Um. I like, for me, when the thing I gravitate, be, because I, I, I hear some of the, like, J.J. didn't want Sith in, apparently, or whatever. Yeah. The, the, I don't know how much I believe that, but, so, so because Snoke isn't Sith, he's specifically not Sith, I like that he is between both sides, that he probably understands both sides. He's been observing both sides. Yeah. Similar to now, do you see how Thrawn... Uh, so there we we observed your Clone War and watched you know I like that he was outside looking in mm-hmm. at, from what we know right now and there's something intriguing about that to me and that he just chose power and dark side and evil so I, that's always been interesting to me that he isn't just one version he definitely is not good yeah but he understands maybe all things which is also kind of like Palpatine yeah yeah. I love Snoke now. I did not care for him in The Force Awakens, but thanks to Andy Serkis' performance in The Last Jedi, really getting those Mm up-close moments of seeing his face and all the great technology, um, I love it. Because Mm -hmm. what I like is that they took a, a kind of a standard villain, in my opinion, but they made it more modernized mm. where he's like, he's, he's diminishing Ray. And, and it's, it's something that I was like, Oh, Oh, I know what that feels like, mm-hmm. you know, and how manipulative he is and how he assumes that Kylo Ren is his minion. And yet obviously we have that great, that great moment. So it's just, I, I like it a lot. I think that they did a fantastic job with that. Also, he was, he was very underwhelming in Force Awakens. I think that's kind of the general feel. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Uh, no, not, no parts, no fault of circus, of course, just no. what, what they have him doing. Yeah. 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 He was just a little bit like, we'll get to this later. He is, yeah. he is the big standard villain. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
I like that in The Last Jedi, like both sides of this character were ratcheted up to 11, it felt like, of the classic villain in that he was like very big and pulpy and operatic, right? Mm -hmm. Like um, a lot of great stuff in Star Wars, modern Star Wars, that's getting a little bit more nuanced in real and connected to real life concerns uh, and relatable real human emotions. And I like that there is still something of the like, B movies and the pulp and like yeah. especially some of the way he talked. Yes. You know, it was he was so he's so over the top in a way that does connect back to the Emperor. So I do like that. Uh, but then he does feel like a real person, and I think it's mostly because he's he's a dick. Yeah. yeah. And like he's just such an effective jerk. I, we all like mm-hmm. that Skywalker, I presume, because <laughs> it's just such an a-hole yeah. thing to say. Mm-hmm. Uh and I love that that line of like, I'll kill you with the cruelest stroke. It's like, it's both over the top, but it's also just like awful. Just like the, like, I want to let you know that I'm going to hurt you when you die, Mm -hmm. you know? And then, and you're nothing more, more, but a child in a mask is like, just so, so like, I know how to hurt your feelings. Yeah. Anybody I mean, I know how to hurt your feelings. (laughs) (laughs) He'd be a great insult comic is what I'm saying. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, that's what I love about him. Those, those contrasts. Of the the big and the pulpy the and, the, and pulpy. the really relatable, like you're a good, you're cool, you're good <laughs> at being a jerk. Yeah, 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 on a small micro level, not not a big, you know, yeah, you 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 twist, you twisting in that blade. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, are there things that we don't like about Snoke? Well, I mean, the, the Force Awakens one, uh, he did, it was like, ah, it's another bad guy in a dark robe, and, and we've definitely seen this, and he's, all right, he's not Sith. All right, so we didn't know as much. Um, that's why I love Ryan's choice to be like, no, gold robe, slippers, eyebrows. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I liked a lot more of what changed. So what I didn't like about him initially has changed over time. Um, it's hard to say what I don't like about him because... We don't know much about him yet, which is actually part of the fun. Yeah. But also frustrating as a fan. I want to know more. Yeah. That's all I could come up with as well, honestly, yeah. is like the the Force Awakens amb- ambiguity of like, oh, man, it would, be, it would have been great to get a little bit more of that flair. Like, I like him in mm-hmm. The Force Awakens. Uh, the, there has been an awakening is one of my favorite lines. But mm. yeah, I think the only thing I want out of him is more. Yeah. How about you, Jennifer? Yeah. I mean, I, I could have more. I think it's just kind of perfect the way that the way that he is. And it just it satisfied me. And what I found fascinating is I actually liked him in The Last Jedi. I'm like, that to me is when you know this actor is so good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When they're yeah. playing a villain that you just you love to hate. It's oh, it's just a joy to watch him. But I think what I didn't like was that people were were really angry by the fact that he was killed. I'm like, why? That this this looks oh, great. good to me. Yeah, yeah. I suppose I, I I didn't really put it in in my thoughts, but I suppose I think a lot of the people who don't like Snoke, uh, it's because they are distracted from enjoying the fun and interesting things about him by feeling like he needed a backstory. Mm-hmm. We're going right. to talk more about inevitable backstory uh, right. a little bit later in the conversation, but in terms of of negatives, uh, to to put ourselves in the mindset of people who feel strongly that way, are you bothered at all when you're watching? The Last Jedi to say like, yeah, but okay, he's not Sith. So what is he? Is he a Wren? Is that a thing? Mm. Is he totally out there on his own? Is he Darth Plagueis? Where where did he come from? Are you distracted by that? Is it a negative? Uh, Not distracted. Not distracted. There's something weird happened to me when I settled into the theater to watch Last Jedi. Um, And 
I when when Luke tossed the lightsaber, um, and I and I'm on the record saying I wish he tossed it differently. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but he tossed it comically. I don't think they intended that, but it, it plays that way. I remember just thinking, oh, this is exactly like the ads are talking about. It's not going to go the way you think it is. So. I did want to know. I wanted Snoke to be like, I was Plagueis or whatever. And then I just, I just, no, that's not what this is about. And when he died, I remember thinking that's the best thing that could have happened. Get him out of the way. Not yeah. that he's not an interesting character. That's not, I don't, because because like Jennifer said, said, like in Force Awakens, you're like, all right, we've seen this before in everything, including Star Wars. So we know by episode nine, maybe Kylo kills him or Rey kills him or Luke kills him. All yeah. these weird things we thought... No. Trips on his bathrobe. Trips on his bathrobe, hits his head. He's gone. He's done. Yeah. Fill in the rest later. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Jennifer? Yeah, his backstory, in my opinion, is, well, I think we're going to get it. But I think in The in the Last Jedi specifically, I don't need that kind of baggage weighing down the film. This is about, this was about, you know, Luke. This was about Rey. This was about Kylo Ren. It's not about Snoke. Mm-hmm. It's not, and so it was just the right enough of information. And like I said, I think we're going to get, I think we're going to get a lot more. You know, over time, and yeah. we'll learn. We'll yeah. learn, and things will be connected, and it'll all work out. Yeah, I think it's a, a growing thing with all these Star Wars movies, where lots of them feel like. But I wanted to know more, and I think I'm just kind of at peace because I'm a person who reads, you know, the books and a lot of the comics. That mm. well, we will. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. interesting though, too, because uh, a lot of the fans aren't. Yeah. And so I, I can understand that. I and can see that side of it. Yeah, I understand. If you've been a long-term Star Wars fan and then you feel like that's truly vital information for me to get a picture of the galaxy and I don't have time or desire to read the books, I understand it as, yeah. a, as a mark against poor old Snoke. Yeah. Uh, but moving on, why do you feel he turned Kylo? So this has struck me as one of those things that we could just accept because we know that's what Jedi and Sith and all Force users seem to do is pass on what they have learned but why did he he seemed pretty powerful yeah why did he want kylo i at this point in time think that again because he wasn't sith he doesn't have a straight apprentice and he might have others and there could be more on his side or whatever that side is oh yeah there's been those little drips and drafts yeah. suggesting that he has other apprentices uh, or- yeah. in terms of ben solo i think as he, he was obsessed and fearful of luke skywalker and that's how you, you're going to find that little uh, little little corner to crawl into and to, to, to it, through Luke's family, and that this this uh, if you're if you're studying or you're obsessed with Vader as Snoke was, I believe too. This is a way to do it. It's a it's a chess piece. Yeah, mm. which is why I don't think he cared too much about him. Yeah, you're just a child in a mask. I can get rid of you. Yeah, I can just find another one. Yeah, you and your knights of red. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think that's exactly why he uh, why he chose him. And I think specifically, like he saw his strength, he saw Kylo Ren's, uh, you know, raw power, but he also saw his weaknesses, and he knew how he could use that to his advantage to basically control Kylo Ren. He saw that he had a chip on his shoulder, that he was basically kind of insecure and a troubled a troubled kid, and it's like, ha. Perfect. This is the perfect person I can I can use to uh, to basically manipulate. Yeah, and if we're to be, mm-hmm. you know kind of lean on some of the things that have been in the books, there's a lot about you know he, he Kylo from birth is sort of pulsing with possibility, light mm-hmm. or dark. You know, so if it even is that, like uh, more like Snoke's, like well, he's he's got a lot of this in him. Mm-hmm. I can make it happen. Uh, yeah, I I really agree with the a way into attacking the heroes of. Of the original trilogy, of right. the heroes of the mm. galaxy, it, you know, it attacks a lot of people at once to to turn Ben. 
I also just love uh, the sort of uh, how much fear is going on with Snoke. Yes. And it's not just that he's clearly obsessed with Luke Skywalker. And it's like, we can't do anything until we kill this one guy because he'll get us. Yeah. He'll start the Jedi again and he'll get us. He'll get us. Uh, but everything we see from Snoke in Last Jedi, he's really powerful. Right. His body seems to be weakened. He's got these guards always. He's got this, like, well, I'm going to have a mobile command ship so nobody ever can come to the planet I'm on and <laughs> blow that up. So, like, for as powerful as he is, he seems to lead from fear a lot. Yes. So it could be that, like, wow, well, you know, maybe he's not as powerful as he appears, you know, and really wants Kylo Ren, honestly, for, like, mm. protection and, like, intimidation. Like, I need someone to be the face of the First Order. So you go out there in your silly mask. Hmm. You kill people. People can be frightened of you. And I'll be this puppet master in the shadows. Uh, that's an excellent, excellent point. Uh, uh, he is powerful. We know he's powerful. He's got great skills. But in the back of his mind, I think he's totally fearful of Luke because I just don't think he, can, he, he thinks he can defeat him. Yeah. So he's surrounded by all this. I love the supremacy. I love that there's some little drips of uh, canon, as, as you might say, Joseph, but where Hux was kind of like, no, let me build this planet. Let me build this planet killer, this yeah. star killer base. <laughs> All right, now you have your toy. Yeah. Because um, he, he studied, he has studied the fall of the Empire. So he's got a lot of knowledge, a lot of skills, a lot of strength. But uh, that, that, that that would factor into him wanting Kylo as that chess piece. Yeah. A shield. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about the thing that you inevitably have to talk about when talking about Snoke is more story, more Snoke adventures. What part of his story are you most interested in learning more about? I wrote down a couple of ideas, but you guys mm. might have more. Uh, his presumed takeover of the First Order, that's what we're kind of guessing right now with all the canon that, you know, the Empire ran there and Snoke is like, came along and was like, oh, cool, you, did you build a whole ar army? I'll yeah. take that. Uh, his seduction, turning of Ben Solo, or his implied interactions with our big heroes, Han, Leia, and Luke, who seem to have all, like, met him in just, mm. like, it's kind of hard to imagine. They're just like, ah, scarred, weird yeah. robe, uh, pulsing with dark side energy. Uh, what are you, are you meeting him to talk over trade negotiations? Like, right. lot, there's a lot going on there. So uh, any of those other ideas, what are you most excited about hmm. hearing? Well, now when you put it like that, I do. Yeah. Kinda, I'm interested in the interactions with our heroes. <laughs> what, and maybe he took on a different form. Did Ooh. he just, you know, like how, because that would be very suspicious. Right, right. Right? Like, you seem like a bad, evil <laughs> villain. <laughs> Why should I trust you? But I, I, I really do am interested in the seduction of Ben Solo. Okay. Specifically mm. just because I want to see Adam Driver and, and Andy Serkis. And I'm sure that their performances would be great. But it's also a big, a big chunk of the story that I don't feel like we know as much. It might give us more insight into the Knights of Ren, perhaps. And so that, to me, would be the most interesting. And I also think it'd be the most realistic for what we could see in episode nine. Yeah. A flashback. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. That's true. That's really interesting. Yeah. Both points. Uh, it's funny because, uh, yeah, you hear you describe it, Joseph. I'm like, yeah. Do they have dinner with them? Like what? <laughs> right. The way she, she says it in Force Awakens, you know, like the snow. Um, I, though, and this, you're right, Jennifer, Jennifer, this would not be in the movies, at least explained to a full degree. I can't imagine it, but the, the takeover of the First Order has become more intriguing to me, especially after Jason Fry's novelization of Last Jedi, where Snow kind of runs through the list of people who are in charge, and it's kind of like, eh, no one thought I'd be it. You yeah. know, like, uh, did he disguise himself? I'm now obsessed with this idea that he's like Varys from Game of Thrones with these <laughs> costumes and, and disguises. And they're like, yes. did Ray Sloan run into him? Sir, we're looking for the way out of here. Oh, I'll tell you the way out. <laughs> and then yeah. he slowly works his way. 
Uh, I love the character Ray Sloan. Uh, I, I um, Gallius Rax in Aftermath is 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 an okay character for me. The concept's great. Um, um, but I'm fascinated with that too. And Brendel Hux and Armitage, his rise to power. You talk about Phasma, talk yeah. about the book Phasma. There's a lot about the inner workings of the first order there too. So I am really fascinated with that. I want that answer and, uh, you know, probably get it in a, in an instructional manual. Yeah. Yeah. Not a, not a movie. Uh, yeah. I, again, I'm, I'm in agreement with both of you, but I think I am most excited about the Han, Leia and Luke because it's so much tied into, you know, exactly what's going on with this timeline and also exactly what's going on with how much did the First Order publicly declare a version of themselves mm. to the Republic mm, because right. it, it did seem like uh, at, by the time of The Force Awakens, the Republic was aware that there is a faction called mm. the First Order, but they sort of believed almost, you know, very World War II vibes policy of appeasement of like, mm-hmm. yep, we're aware that you've, you're building up massive armies, but we don't think you're going to invade Poland. Oh, you invaded Poland. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and now it's too late. Um, yeah. Not too late, but got to get a resistance going. Um, yeah. And then with like Han seeming so, uh, or Leia seeming so clear that Snoke turned him. Right. She it was Snoke, yeah. you know. So I don't know if it was a sort of after the fact thing that they, you know, is there another cool interaction where they all did all of them go after Ben, right? And try once, and they, and they, there yeah. was never any veneer where Snoke was trying to be like that's Look. true. You're just very direct. Yeah, we, we tried like, to go fight him. I yeah. took your son. Ha uh-huh, ha. Bye. You know that. Mm. Yeah. There's so many different interesting uh, ways mm. to to tell that story. So I would be thrilled to see that um, in wild speculation land. Do you want Snoke to have encountered any of these characters that we believe have spent time in the Unknown Regions? You got Thrawn, you got Ezra, Ahsoka, and Sabine after the uh, events of the Galactic Civil War. Do you want to see Snoke ride a pergle, big old <laughs> space whale? Do you want him to have interacted with those other characters? Is that exciting to you, or or is it like too many connections? I, I want him to have raised puffer pigs. Um, <laughs> no, it's exciting to me. I, I believe in my heart that Thrawn and him have interacted. Yeah. Or that Thrawn's aware of him. I love the idea if Ezra races back into this timeline, I mean, the same timeline, but this galaxy, and is like, uh, Ahsoka's dead. Uh, Sabine's got, there's a, there's a problem out there. Yeah. And like, no one will hear him or believe him. You know, like yeah. there's this thing. He's got a bathrobe. We're in trouble. <laughs> that could, that could be interesting. Yeah. How about I, you, Jennifer? I like Thrawn. I, that'd yeah. be, I, I would love to read the exchange of them, of them meeting for the first time. <laughs> It'd be the slowest exchange ever. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Can talk slower. Sizing each other up, yeah. playing mental chess. Thrawn, I, I presume. <laughs> Just be very dramatic. Yes. No. Uh, why not? Yeah. Yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, I mean, Thrawn seems to be, uh, in all the canon we're getting, checking, uh, uh, you know, worried about the chess ascendancy. Uh, and tracking out the the galaxy we know, the Empire, the Republic, to see if they could be of help. And uh, to me, it'd be cool if it was Snoke mm-hmm. or some faction that Snoke represented back in the day that was the, the threat to the Chiss Ascendancy. Yeah. And that at some point, you know, after the events of, of Rebels, that this Thrawn has a showdown with, yeah. with Snoke. Maybe he and Ezra cool team me. up. He and Ezra could <laughs> team up. It's very interesting because there's all these dangling stories. Yeah. And like, I think two of the biggest ones are all, all of our rebel characters who appear to have gone to the unknown. Regions. Right. Again, that's our wild speculation. Wild speculation. Uh, and then, and then more with Snoke. So is that question mm. of, do you want them tied together or not? Mm. 
Yeah. 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 I'd be happy with it. Yes. Yeah. You got me. Uh, definitely Thrawn. Uh, the, the the thing with like Ezra, Ahsoka, Sabine is like, I don't want the end of all those cool characters to be like, yeah, Snoke killed him. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Congratulations. Go buy I more. That's figures. pretty dark. Yeah. But yes. I don't, I don't want that. All right. So we've talked about all of these different Snoke stories that could be coming our way. What is your preferred medium to get them in? Do you want books? Comics, limited TV series, Broadway musical. What do you? How do you want to hear about? That's Snoke? the winner. <laughs> Obviously, okay, a novel, yeah, yeah, but a Broadway <laughs> musical, a Broadway. Mu- he has a flair for the dramatic. Ooh, he already true. has his You're costume. Gonna turn ben yes. solo. Oh my! Oh, it's I definitely could his see I like, want song. Yeah, yeah, like either a rock musical or it could be more like Hamilton. Yeah, I'm, I'm, and I think Andy Serkis would totally could play him on Broadway. <laughs> And there's never really been We're Star Wars musical. Dancing through the galaxy <laughs> in my gold slippers. Why am I saying there's never really? Oh yeah, no, there has not yeah. been a Star Wars musical. He in, does his in little, my mind. His little hands, the lightning yeah. flashes up oh from my the flash God. pots. Yeah. Then it might be a Vegas show with like the actual pyrotechnics. Tigers come out. Evening with Snoke. Yeah, he's like, I understand you're interested in my backstory. It's like a Star Wars magic slash musical. There we go. Oh my gosh, you guys! Thank you for coming. To Harris. <laughs> we got it. He got calls up someone from the audience. Uh, be amazing and like suspends them in the yeah. air. Oh, yeah. You give me everything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very, very painful. Very beautiful. Uh, so you uh, can you you all in on the Broadway musical? I'm or you what? all in on the Broadway musical or the Vegas show. The Might Vegas be show. The biggest, biggest one there. Uh, I, I actually... Love we look we obviously love what Circus did with them and seeing it on a you know a two hour event on the streaming channel or something is very realistic to me. I do want a novel, yeah, because I want to get inside his mind. And just that one glimpse in 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 the last Jedi novelization, it was it was some of the most intriguing Snoke stuff to me. Yeah, so, hey, yeah. do it again. Give, give a book to Jason Fry. Yeah. Um, if in nine they don't do the scene that we're all uh, wildly speculating or just saying we'd like right. of seeing those from flashbacks of uh, Snoke and Kylo, I think this would be a great uh, opportunity for an animated film if they ever go in that direction mm-hmm. with the um, mm-hmm. with the streaming service because then the people who uh, are able and willing to do the voice work who are like original cast members because then you could even if it happens five ten years from now. Adam Driver could still play Ben. Right. Uh, mm. His circus could still play uh, Snoke. But if Harrison Ford's like, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. you can get somebody else to play on and you get like some some of the magic and you yep. get to see it on screen. Yeah. So like, I, I, I think that might be cool. Like uh, yeah. There's a lot of possibilities with that old streaming service. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uncle Bob. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how will you feel in the long run as Star Wars fans if a lot of this does just remain a mystery for an extremely long time? Like slightly disappointed, but not anything that's gonna train uh, you know train wreck uh, my my love of of the new sequel era. Okay, yeah, yeah. I do want something though. I do want yeah. something. Yeah, I think you need to have something, even if it's just like another character character mentioning Snoke. I think he needs to be a part of the canon in some way, woven into it. Otherwise, it does kind of feel like, well, what did you guys have in mind with him when he created him? Right. So, uh, you don't need to like give me his whole backstory, but just give me little nuggets here and there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So if it's not a big like Snoke book, it's just like little things leak out here and there, and you learn a little bit more. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I'm really fascinated by this. I think I would be a little bit uh, disappointed disappointed because I am excited mm-hmm. to learn more about him. And I'm also just kind of fascinated with the generational experience where 
uh, like uh, I recorded an episode of, of my podcast, Obsessed, all about uh, Solo. Uh, and my friend Matt Belknap was on it. And he's around our age, so grew up with the original trilogy. Right. And he was really talking about that experience of, for years, we've known, like, Boba Fett or Han Solo mm-hmm. is mysterious. Mm-hmm. Right. And sometimes we get to a point where we, we like the mystery and we don't want that answered. Yeah. And I'm curious to see if kids who grew up with that sequel trilogy would get to that point. Mm. If it took Lucasfilm 20 years to go, you know what? We're going to do it. We're going to tell you. <laughs> The seduction of Ben Solo, and if people who are like ten yeah. now, you be thirty then, going like the whole thing about Snow because you don't know where he came from. Why are they telling us this? Right. So it's a part of me that feels like get it, it in now before that mystery solidifies like Jello. This Snoke movie is unnecessary. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's wow. fascinating. Like, uh, but yeah. maybe kids of today will grow up differently because they're used to knowing used everything. everything. Uh, where we became obsessed with our mysteries. Yeah. Final fun weird question in our Snoke talk. His gold robe is, of course, awesome. We love it. But mm-hmm. what other outfits would we like to see him in someday? I mean, this isn't a weird question at all. I've thought about this. <laughs> uh, basically, just go back to the Ocean's Eleven remake oh. uh, and anything Elliot Gould's wearing. I would love oh to gosh. see Snowkin. I want a red <laughs> red jumper. I want a red jumper okay. with some red crushed velvet red slippers. Nice. That's perfect. Yeah. Nice. I love that. I'm going with, uh, because I've been watching Mary Poppins, the original one with Julie Andrews, I'm going with a top hat, a three-piece suit, <laughs> and some spats. Yes. Okay. Like the bankers wear, yes. uh, Mr. Banks' bankers. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that would be what, what he would wear in his younger days when Leia and Han meet him. And they're like, oh, he's a nice gentleman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, now I can see him in like a Rat Pack tuxedo uh, oh, when he's oh, doing his yes. Vegas show. That would be okay. nice. Uh, but I'd love, I'd love to see him in some armor. I'd love him to, just oh. to see him in a uh, a an outfit he put together from all of the different cultures he has defeated. Ooh. Just ugly as hell, but he's just got bits of everything. Oh, a little wow. bit of Jedi robe, little Mandalorian armor, that little Chiss ascendancy insignia <laughs> sticker. Yep. Yeah, that's interesting too. <laughs> Snoke, yeah, Snoke in action. Would be Snoke good. in his weird armor because yeah. they can't make another Snoke action figure because he's only got one. Helmet. Yeah, <laughs> unless they're gonna make the super cool Snoke cut in half with yeah. the magnet like they did for Darth oh, Maul. Yeah. So that Snoke is Red our look at the possible next adventures of Snoke. Thank you, sir. I love when Force Center dives into these characters. We're gonna do more of that, taking a look at one character at a time and talking about them, what they mean and where it could go. Uh, a lot of fun. If you guys have thoughts on Snoke, uh, we'll tell you where to reach out at the end of the show. But right now we got audience questions. You know we like to do that. And we start with this one from Jeremy Shook. Since J.J. Abrams wants to connect all three trilogies with Episode Nine, do you think Duel of the Fates will be used again? <laughs> That's the worst Duel of the Fates ever. <laughs> uh, I would love it if it were used again. I think I would want it to be really organic. I would want something going on Mm-hmm. That speaks to that time. I love the little <laughs> echo of it <laughs> that's in uh, Solo. Yes. Uh, right. When when you can see the mm-hmm. crimson blade in Kira's eyes. So I would love it if some musical themes from the prequels, particularly Duel of Fates, got pulled in. But I would want it to be for a substantive reason. Yes. Yeah, not just the greatest hits. Yeah. Padme's ruminations can show up, but I want it to have some merit. Yeah, yeah exactly. I just don't, I don't want it to be like Ray and Kylo have a big final yeah. fight and it's Duel of the Fates. Unless, you know, like the spirit of like Qui-Gon is there, too. Super, you know? oh, super cut on YouTube. Like, we put the song. Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No, I think you're absolutely right. It has to be woven in in a way that it, like, pays homage to it. Or we hear the little uh, theme mm-hmm. of it. But I don't think that the actual mm-hmm. song itself, it yeah. might be too much. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's not a subtle song. And it's, it's not, not subtle. It's not a subtle song. It's not subtle. Martha. I mean, and Martha. we all associate Martha. it with that Martha. famous scene in yeah. Phantom Menace. So. It's so good. And yeah, I do love when it pops up in solo. Because I missed so it the great. first time yeah. I saw it. And I heard someone, that, oh, when it pops. I was like, what? I was just so darn mauve. Yeah. So to, to see it again. <laughs> it's great. Uh, thank you, Jeremy. Uh, Sam Haval asks, do you think that The Last Jedi will eventually be looked upon fondly by the entire Star Wars community a decade from now, similar to how The Empire Strikes Back gained its appreciation over time, as well as the prequels more recently? All right, well, prequel is here. We've seen that happen. Last Jedi, time will tell, Joseph. Time will tell. Yeah, I have two thoughts on this uh, real quickly. I think, in my opinion, that Last Jedi is more appreciated uh, by numbers Mm-hmm. than it sometimes feels. I think there are definitely people who legitimately dislike it, and I think their passion makes it feel like it's kind of 50-50. Mm-hmm. That is a controversial uh, movie. I think by numbers, more people like it than don't like it. So I think that will aid mm-hmm. in uh, part two of my thoughts, which is like, yes, I agree with Sam's question. I think it will eventually be as as loved as any one Star Wars film can be loved. Uh that I think that from the perspective of time, some of the vitriol will be forgotten. Mm-hmm. Like it, it is amazing to me. Like I have to work to convince people like, no, everyone hated the Ewoks right. for several years. Mm-hmm. It is a thing that truly happened. Yep. And people are like, what, how did that happen? So time just changes it. And maybe it'll be more recorded because we have social media. Right. But I think there definitely be a time 20 years from now when I'll be talking to a younger star Wars fan who'll be like, People hated The Last Jedi. I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> they really did. <laughs> they really did, Jennifer. Yeah, I think definitely the younger fans don't have that same nostalgia baggage that some of the older fans have where they're like, not my Luke. Mm. Well, for these young fans, they don't have kind of the same affinity to Luke Skywalker yeah. as, say, somebody else, you know, who's 40 plus. So I think, yeah, they're going to be like, That's, that was a cool movie. Or uh, I think that it's definitely going to be looked uh on fondly mm-hmm. for sure yeah I think especially once it all fits in the, the story and if yes. JJ and team you know yeah they've got a lot of tough choices ahead of them and, and are on their plate right now as they shoot this thing but I think once it all fits in you know uh, you'll be able to look back and and, and and in Joseph I think you're right I've had more oh I like that movie conversations than oh I hate that movie yeah mm-hmm. outside of the little digital media bubble I'm in yeah you know and unfortunately, those ones are the ones with the channels. Yeah. <laughs> right. We always like to take uh, take a questions, a couple questions from Patreon is what I'm trying to say, to uh, or so each episode. And this one's from Jim Mason. He writes with the extension of Kathleen Kennedy's contract at Lucasfilm. Do you think it's time for a chief creative officer to be named? If you see value in a CCO, who would you pick? All right, fair question. Fair question, because I think Kathy Kennedy's got a lot on her plate. Yeah, it's Lucasfilm, not Star Wars. She's running. So, uh, Joseph, what do you think about this? I I don't know that a that a, a CCO is entirely necessary. I don't feel as strongly about it as some other people. Um, in terms of who I would pick if it was going to happen, I mean, Filoni does seem like the obvious choice of somebody who just really knows the lore, but is also really good at saying introducing new ideas as well. So I could see Filoni doing that. I don't know, looking at the ups and downs of Lucasfilm uh, since the, the the purchase, I feel like it's more business decisions. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of them are going to course correct. Mm-hmm. I don't, I actually feel like I like the creative output and I feel like all of it actually does connect a shocking amount it does. between all the canon. So I don't feel like there is a huge 
creative problem. Right. And that's just my opinion. I know yeah. other people have different opinions, and I think that's cool. I'm right there with you on what we're now uh, really trying to hammer down, that emotional canon of new Star Wars. Yeah. It's really connected. If you want to dig and look through it and take take the time to look beyond just the surface of all the scenes, you'll find a real strong connection between the modern era Star Wars storytelling. So I, I don't have a problem with it. I also don't think she is involved on a day-to-day basis. And, and I know that's some of the people's concerns or problems, but yeah, I don't, we're not in those meetings. We don't need to know. Filoni's a good choice. He's not perfect. Not perfect, but he definitely understands Star Wars, yeah. and, and he's got George in his soul. Uh, so that makes sense, but it could be someone else. Yeah. Uh, you know, I know uh, you got James Wall over there, story group. He's the vice president. He's responsible for a lot of like Overwatch and that all kind of stuff and stories stretching out across many properties. You know, it could be someone like that, someone yeah. you're not thinking, not the, not, the, not the man in the cowboy hat. Yeah. <laughs> I think it is a really a collaborative process right now uh, over there. And I think that that's actually what makes it really great. And like you're saying, I don't I don't really see the need for it. But if they were to, yeah, Filoni, I think, is a great choice just because, you know, he was being mentored by George yeah. and he knows what George wanted. So I think his his vision could be in line with that. But it might be out there. Yeah. And that may, may make people not so thrilled about that either. So, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and it's damned if you don't, damned if you don't. If, right. if, if they add this type of position or something, you're, all the naysayers are going to be, aha, see, this yeah. is why she couldn't, or just maybe she's so busy. Like, yeah, let's see this next phase and, and get our Feige, so mm-hmm. to speak. Yeah. Feige does not run the big picture. He runs Marvel. You know what I mean? I right. get it. I get it. I get asking for it. And, Jay, uh, Jim, it's a, it's a great question. Final yeah. question of the day. Dylan... Uh, Cicero asks, throughout the stories, we have now seen different cultures and their unique interpretations of the Force, the Tide, Mistweavers, etc. Ken, Jennifer, Joseph, what is the name of your version of the Force, and how would it be used? All right. The Church of Landa, the Church of Scrimshaw. (laughs) Uh, What would you call the Force, Jennifer? You're, you're mulling it to your head yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, this is really, this is a lot of power. A lot of power, a lot unlimited of power, power like if the, it were. The Mistweaver, <laughs> so to riff, riff on that, I'd say mm-hmm. Dreamweavers. And I think that 1970 <laughs> song, Weavers. It's a song in Snoke's set in Vegas. Yeah, I'd dress like Stevie Nicks. And I'd use my force abilities, my dream dream weaving abilities. Maybe that's how it would be. Like the force would be used, it would appear in your dreams. And you'd say, is it really a dream? Yeah. You would weave people's dreams? Yeah. Yeah. That's like the Sandman. Now we're getting into creepy territory. I don't know But you give people nice dreams, right? Yeah. Happy dreams. Bunnies. Sugar plum fairy. Sugar plum fairy. <laughs> sugar plum fairy. Uh, Joseph? Uh, I would call it the luminous. Ooh, I like Ooh. it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, trying to ruminate on mm-hmm. y- that very real world. I think we've talked about it on the show before. Like if you did suddenly have that responsibility and there yeah. wasn't any sort of structure to be like, yep, there's an order. We train you to lift things and use a lightsaber. And that's yeah. how you, like if you could just use it anyway, I think practically I would want to use it to just like, help uh, with natural disasters and stuff. Yeah. Because, like, mm. fighting crime, you know, the yeah. biggest fantasy of superheroes is that they could ever be at the bank while it is being robbed, <laughs> that you could have time to put your leather pants on right. before the bank robbery has been over <laughs> for two hours. Biggest fallacy of superheroes. <laughs> the thing that you can be there for is, like, go help yeah, out in, in natural disasters. So that's what I, I would try to stand there and use the luminous to hold the waves back while people escaped. I love like that. It. I love that. Great answers. I Mine would be called the ache. 
and it would be <laughs> the feeling that you get in your bones, and you're like, and it's to justify all the pain. Oh. Justify the pain, and so you're like, oh, that is the ache telling me something. And so, you know, it'd be a lot of uh, Lor Santecas and uh, old grumpy Lukes running around. Just, just telling people that the storm's coming, uh, Annie. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Storm wow. is a coming, Annie. Uh, that's what I'm going. So we got we got the Luminous, the Dreamweavers, and the Ache here. So Dylan, <laughs> great question. Thank you, Jeremy, Sam, Jim, Dylan, for asking questions. If you have a question or a thought on Snoke and his future adventures, you can find us on Twitter at Force Center Pod. Our Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. Use the hashtag Force Center. We're also on Instagram. Our website is ForceCenterPod.Podomatic.net. T Public, we got those shirts out there. You heart murder bears, you like those Ewoks? Go buy the shirt from us on T Public and then tweet us a picture of your merch and we'll reshare it. A podcast available on Podomatic, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify. And don't forget the YouTube channel. You got the Databank Brawl episodes. You got our series, Force Center Meets. You got the commentaries, more coming. And uh, the In Memoriam videos are up there as well. So check out YouTube.com slash C slash Force Center. I've tested that. That weird <laughs> URL does take you to the page. Mm-hmm. And yeah, more commentaries coming, Joseph, because of what's happening on Patreon. We are building to our next goal of more commentary we want to do commentaries for all of the star wars movies even the ewok adventures uh so if you are interested and you can spare a dollar or two a month to help out you also get access to our discord where you can discuss uh with friendly star wars fans and uh you get our monthly finish the fan fiction make them up fun show and at this point you have hours of entertainment you have (laughs) a couple years uh, almost uh worth of finish the fan fiction so check that out at patreon.com slash force center absolutely and check us out at our own uh adventures and brands yes jennifer i'm on all the social media sites at jennifer landa be sure to check out my latest happy beeps which is on alden ehrenreich's performance in solo and my next one which will be on donald glover's performance as lando calrissian in solo that's awesome. I'm oh, excited. love the Alden one. It's great. Mr. Scrimshaw, the professor of Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, you can uh, find me uh, lecturing to myself <laughs> in my home. Come to my house. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. It's at Joseph Scrimshaw. All my other comedy adventures on my website at josephscrimshaw.com. And I do want to specifically point out uh, that this week, my other podcast, Obsessed, is about Solo. I got this great tradition where I talk about all the new Star Wars movies uh, with... Riley Silverman, great comedian. Matt Belknap, who is the co-host and co-producer of Never Not Funny. And uh, uh, Clark Wolf, who is known to many fans of Collider and the Schmodown. And everybody's got a really different perspective. It's really fun for me to stop, uh, step out of the, our more intense mm-hmm. Star Wars bubble and uh, hear lots of really different perspectives. It's a really fun conversation. So check that out on my podcast, Obsessed. I love it. Uh, I want to check that out myself. And, and you and your, your wife, Sarah, do one on our favorite Netflix show now, Amazing <laughs> Interiors, right? That's right. It's our yeah. Patreon bonus episode. So okay. throw, throw a dollar a month at, yep. at Obsessed, and you can hear uh, artists <laughs> go on and on about Amazing Interiors. Hey, oh you know, gosh. you can follow me at Cadapsock, but really, I'm not online much because I'm busy watching my new favorite Netflix show, uh, Love Your Garden, which <laughs> is a British show where they redo gardens for people in need. You'll cry within 20 seconds. I guarantee it. Uh, that is it for now. So for Snoke, his bathrobe, and his eventual red jumper, we'll see you next time here on Force Center.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.